and we're back, episode 36, BS with Brian Simpson. <clears throat> Rob, let's talk about Nope. This has been you've been burned. This has been burning on your soul for for a minute. By the way, I just got the limited edition uh, 4K Blu-ray steelbook for Nope. Oh, did you? Yeah, I also have uh, the homie hooked me up with like one of those one of those giant fucking movie posters. Oh, sick. So I'm, I I can't I haven't framed it or nothing like yeah yeah but yeah I enjoyed it I did not enjoy it when I first watched it okay when I first saw it in the theater because I think <clears throat> I was well we we should we should let people know at the top we're probably gonna get into some pretty heavy spoilers so uh, if you have not seen Nope I would recommend people see it well well okay Brian. well let's talk about Nope at the end of the episode so people can finish the episode and then decide whether they want to keep going. About that. Sure, we can do that. Yeah. We can do that. I was also going to say, if people wanted to, they could go to this uh, time code. Oh, yeah, yeah, that works. Right if you want to skip. No, but that doesn't help people. That's audio. I'll put it in the audio, too. Okay. So if you want to, if you want to, no spoilers for nope, just go to. 28 minutes and 15 seconds. All right, so let's get into it. Nope. Um. Yeah, but now that I have it at home, because it was it was it was beautifully shot. By the way. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I agree on that. Yeah. I agree on that point for sure. One of the best uh HDR, uh 4K uh, I don't know what you call them scans that I have that I own. Transfers. Yeah, transfer. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. And um, <clears throat> I hear the same about Top Gun, but I didn't like that movie. So. Hmm. I get I you know I now I hear Top Gun is like reference quality, like they're the the four K mm. cut the 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 the, the what you call it not a scan a uh, transfer a, the 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 transfer on Top Gun is supposed to be like this is what you use to demonstrate what how to how to use Dolby Vision and Dolby Atmos and all and you know HDR and like this is the this is the this is classroom type shit, right? Like that's how right. good it's supposed to look. But I just can't get over how much I did not enjoy that movie. You know, because that's the thing. Yeah. It's like I don't want a collection that's just good looking movies. I mean, that's great. But if it's a, I have to really like the movie for me to go ahead and get the steel book. Right. Yeah, the shit ain't cheap. Yeah. So no. for me to pay extra for, for collector's edition shit, nah, not me. I haven't seen it though, so maybe people are maybe it is beautiful. Or again, and it might be one of those movies that on second viewing I might change my opinion. You know, I, I'll probably watch Nope again. I think I texted <laughs> you after I saw Nope, and I was like, "Man, Jordan Peele has lost it." Because I feel like there's been diminishing returns since uh, Get Out. Um, get Out, Get Out, Get Out was a crowd pleaser. You know, I mean that that movie is just super tight and just like a real. It's just a crowd pleaser, you know. At the at the end of Get Out, people in the theater were cheering, right? Yeah. Uh, and and then Us came out, and Us I did like. I was a I was a little bit of a defender of Us. I think people were a little too hard. Yeah, I liked Us. I us. I really liked Us. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't think it was as good as as Get Out for sure. And then Nope, I did not see in theater. I saw it at home, but I saw it on like our good setup. So. I was very impressed with the the way it was shot. Um, they shot it in IMAX, and it looks fantastic. It's one of the best looking. Yeah, it looks great. Movies I've ever seen, um, and the sound design is absolutely incredible. 
See, I, so, I, I, I look at Nope as like, Nope is like Jordan Peele's uh, To Pimp a Butterfly. Now, you now you have to, you, you now, I'm not going to go into that. If you're not a Kendrick fan, then you, it doesn't make that much sense to you. But, but basically, it, you know, he, you know, Kendrick came out with Section 80, then Good Kid, Mass City, and then To Pimp a Butterfly was supposed to be, you know, it was, you know, it it was it was a masterpiece, but it was so not what everyone was expecting. It was so different from mm-hmm. what he originally, like what people were expecting, that I think it got knocked initially because it wasn't what they were people wanted. You know, it wasn't it right. it, it was just he. Like I think if you ask him, he would say it's his most. It was his most personal record. It was it was it was the record he. It was the album he wanted to always make. And I think Jordan Peele will say the same thing about Nope. He, you know, it's his most personal film, and it's really what he wanted to always make. But people were expect, Mm -hmm. you know, from Get Out, people were expecting horror from him, right, of that caliber. And then when, and then Us was a little less horror, a little more something else, and psychological thriller. Yeah, and then and then Nope was. Even less horror and more—I um, don't even know what to describe it as. It's, I guess it's more of a monster movie. It's more—I heard it compared would, to Jaws. Would, it obviously wears the influence of Jaws on its sleeve. Jaws and The Shining, which I have recently rewatched both of those. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I immediately in in the sense that once they discovered the monster, they could have just left it the fuck alone. <laughs> like both movies uh, could have ended, and both he was like, you know what? Let's just stay the fuck away from here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they, they all, he also he cribs a lot of um, techniques from Jaws, especially with you know the shots where OJ is out on the range and he's like looking around, and there's that calm before the storm with you know looking out over everything at night it's that they're shooting day for, they're shooting day for night but it looks really it's actually some of the better looking day for night that i've seen what do you mean day for uh, night um when you shoot a movie uh it's very difficult to shoot at night because there's not a lot of light at night and so the cameras do a very poor job of picking up everything uh so what they'll often do is they will shoot during the day and then they will use filters and uh post treatments in order to make it look like it's nighttime. Oh, so, wow. I wish the guys so that made Game of Thrones never discovered that technique. <laughs> they just feel like, I feel like they just got to give us a too dark episode every now and then. Yeah, the the way they did it for this move, for Nope, was really, really good. There's a couple of, there's a couple of telltales in it, though. Like, for instance, when you see OJ outside and it's nighttime and... He he wears that baseball cap the entire time, right? You know, like for, throughout the entire movie, and you can see that there's like this hard shadow over his face, and it's like go outside at night, you don't get a hard shadow like that. Man, you know what? You, see, you ruined it because I didn't even notice. Oh, sorry, ah, sorry. I didn't even sorry. notice. Now it's gonna fuck with me every time I watch it. Well, but they 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 do an excellent job with 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 day for night in this. You can see some other movies where uh, you can tell they just put they just threw a blue filter over it to make it look like nighttime and it, that don't work but I'll, they did a great job in this one but i'll take that again over whatever the fuck game of thrones does because they just didn't light the scene whatsoever i know I, well, well like i don't remember i don't know if you remember if you were watching game of thrones at the at the height of its 
popularity, like towards the last like four seasons. But yeah. there there was an episode called The Long Night. Sure. And hated that episode. <laughs> whatever, well, everyone did. Everyone, look, everyone hated that episode. I mean, I'm sure maybe you hated it for thematic reasons or story reasons, but the the biggest complaint was that it was hard to see. Mm-hmm. And um, there's, like I said, there's, there's this new trend in movies where people are like, or, or TV, where people are like, well, it's nighttime. Let's make it so the audience can't see either. Right. Right. Oh, and you know what? That's a headlight. Let's 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 shine it right into the fucking camera. Right. Yeah. Let's trigger any epileptics that's a fan of the new Batman or whatever. So the long night and 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 everyone complained about it. And the studio's response this is how I knew Game of Thrones was, was had gone off the rails. The the studio responded by basically just being like, Well, most people don't have you know, sufficiently calibrated televisions at home. You know, it's not that we it's not that we made the scene too dark. It's not that the people that's been that's been following this for I think at the time it was eight years, right? Because they took a bunch of breaks and stuff right. like that. It took them ten. I think they, the eight, seven seasons it was, but ten years. So at this point, I think people have been eight years in, never complained about an episode being too dark. Then there's an episode called The Long Night that's too fucking dark. And people are complaining, and, and, their, and their response is, well, you, your television ain't calibrated. See, this, and that's, that's partially true because, yeah, the movie studios and TV studios, they do use, like, these $10,000 reference quality uh, or, or reference monitors or whatever to color stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, they purposely set, set it dark real dark and maybe you sitting in there with your ten thousand dollar reference monitor maybe it doesn't look too dark to you but the average person doesn't even know that they can calibrate their television let alone do they have it calibrated. i mean what what are you even talking about i would i would even say that it's their responsibility to take into account that some people are going to be watching this on an ipad some people are gonna be watching on their phone at the gym. Oh yeah, that's some people well, gonna be wa- that, watching. Well, at that's home. what I was doing. I was at a show, and I I had a, at the time we had a little watch group, and I w- couldn't make it to the group that night. But I didn't want nobody to spoil it because we also were in the group chat, the, group, right. the watch group. So I don't want nobody to spoil it. So I'm trying to watch it on my phone uh, mm-hmm. before I go on stage. I'm sitting there, and it, and it was it was just fucking impossible. I couldn't see shit. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm in a bat. I'm in the handicap. Ba- I'm in the handicapped stall in the bathroom with the lights off <laughs> trying to see what the fuck is happening on here and, then, and I was like man fuck it fuck it I'm just gonna put my phone on do not disturb until I watch it at home and I get home and I try to watch the shit on the TV and I'm like what the fuck oh th- you just can't see because at first I was like oh it's my phone you know yeah, you know, it doesn't go that high maybe you know maybe it was like a thousand nits like peak but it was just, it, I thought it was my phone. I get home, no. It was just It was just hard to see what the fuck was happening. Now, they've remastered it recently on in 4K, and I watched it recently, and it's it's better. But, but yeah, but now I have, like, one of the most expensive TVs and all of this other shit to bring out the picture quality and all of that, and it's still a little too dark. So I, I, I don't, you know. But anyway, that's how I knew they were doomed because they couldn't accept criticism. I also called bullshit on that because I did watch it. This was at a time when I was still into Game of Thrones pretty hardcore. And 
I was excited for that episode. And so, like, you've, you've seen 40-Year-Old Virgin, right? Mm-hmm. You know the part where he's, like, going to masturbate for the first time, and he's, like, turning <laughs> on the lights and getting the candles lit? Oh, yeah. That was me getting ready for long, for the for the long night. And I turned it on, and I had and I had a great setup, and I was like, what the fuck is this? Is something wrong? Did I Do I need to, like... I was, like, recalibrating my TV and everything, even though it was already calibrated properly. And it just... I couldn't tell what was going on. And when... They're flying around and all the smoke and shit. I'm like, this looks horrible. Yeah, they um, and and, and I I don't know if that was before or after, right after the whole the Starbucks cup fiasco. I think it was right after. I could be wrong yeah, about that. It, it, it was like, because this is what killed me about the the criticism of that show is there are so many people that dismiss the complaints as just, um, you know, spoiled nerds that want things. Away. No, no, no. We are not the Star Wars n- nerds, okay? Who are the worst of the nerds in terms of <laughs> of your ability to reason with them? Is that is that fair? Yeah. Starbucks like, Cup was the like, very like, next episode from they, Long Night, by the way. And listen, I'm not just talking about people that love it. Okay. You got you got your you got your Star Trek nerds, you got your Hobbit nerds, you got your Star Wars nerds, you got your damn Marvel nerds, you got your Game of Thrones, you got your fantasy nerds, your Game of Thrones nerds, right? Okay, and 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 in in all those communities, there's a there's a subset of extremists. It's just like politics. It's just like every group. There's the extremists that you know, are just hardcore about it. Just like the sports team people. It's like there's people that got season tickets and then there's people that, that you know, that run the tailgate fucking uh, shit every Sunday that have been doing it for, for 45 years. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's the hardcore people that have like Jets tattoos, shit like that. It, that. Those people are in every group, right? And the hardcore, crazy Game of Thrones people are... are are the least crazy of these fandom crazies, if I if that makes any sense. The, it's, yeah, it, yeah. But we get we get dismissed like we're like Star Wars nerds that are just like, this isn't this isn't what a Wookiee looks like or whatever. No, motherfucker. <laughs> it, it was <laughs> these people. This of, is Yaddle Eraser. Yeah, people are they are <clears throat> they're reluctant to just admit that like it got worse over time. Because mm-hmm. and, and and part of it, I think, is because we were all so invested, and they really dropped the ball. I mean, listen, with House of Dragons, they picked the ball the fuck back up, no doubt about that. That yeah. that shit was immaculate from the, from one to the end. Like that's that's what we expect from Game of Thrones, and that and I thought they was gonna go all out for the last two seasons, or at least that last season, and they really didn't. They really took their foot off the gas. You know, and everyone knows now that they were trying to hurry up and get it done. They were trying to rush it. You know, that's why they, they also they also ran into the same problem that every anime studio runs into, which is they outpace the manga. Well, yeah, well that's well that's my thing there too, right? Is it's like you you don't want to admit that you that we were that you were fooled. So you'd rather believe that I'm just a crybaby. But I'll tell you, I'll put it to you like this. Unless you, unless what you're saying is that the the people writing for Game of Thrones, the original, unless you're telling me that they on George R R Martin's level, 
then you have to admit that the writing got worse. It's just that simple. This 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 fantasy genius created his 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 epic, his his daggone, you know, the culmination of all his abilities. Create, magnum opus. Yeah, created his magnum opus. And they ran they couldn't once they couldn't copy off his work, they couldn't keep up. And 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 there's no shade to them. My problem is that they just won't admit it. You know, it's like you're not as good a writer as George R. R. Martin. It's just that simple. And it showed. And I think most of us just hoped it wouldn't show that much. You know, because what it really was was how much was he was he gonna be involved and how much was he not gonna be. And he was just I think at one point he was just tired of that shit. You know, but mm-hmm. I wish mm-hmm. I wish he had been less involved in the beginning so he could go all in at the end, pick up the pick up the paces, you know, but whatever. Right. So anyway, nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. So so how do you feel about it? I mean, why why did you need to talk about it so badly? Um Well, I had just I had just texted you because I had just seen it and uh I uh I was disappointed in it because I thought it was like so close to greatness. You know what I'm talking about? When you see a movie and you can see all the pieces and how they work together, but then you're just not enjoying watching it in the moment. Yeah. And and you're sort of like, ah, like this is this is ninety nine percent there, but that one percent is just so crucial and I'm just like I just wasn't into it. What, and I and I get I get the movie. Oh go ahead, you What did you question. think it was missing? I didn't really care about the characters that much. I didn't think that their motivations were um like they're obvious. Yeah, they're obvious in hindsight. Um but uh I feel like Daniel Kaluuya who plays the who plays OJ, who's like the I guess the nominal protagonist of the movie. He he did a very understated performance, which I normally like, but I really didn't feel like I understood his motivation until like very much towards the end of the movie. Um, and I think they I just wanted to get rich. Yeah, they did just want to like, get rich. You know, but but go ahead. See, I didn't like it when I first left the theater, and then a month later, I watched. Um, Damn, now I'm now I'm drawing a blank. But you know, Christian Bale, Psycho, American Psycho. Yeah, yeah. And then and then and that's when it hit me. Um that nope, like you have to watch nope the way you watch that. Where it's like um where it's like they aren't necessarily just characters in and of themselves. They are it's like commentary on the way we behave. The way that, like, Mm -hmm. they didn't, because there's an alien species, and they didn't think to, like, contact NASA or the government or to warn people or anything. They just wanted the clout. They wanted that picture. They wanted that video. You know. They wanted to capture the spectacle, which is what the whole movie's about. Right. They thought they could control it. The whole movie's about Hollywood. Yeah. they, They wanted to, they thought they could contain it. Um, they thought that they had control over a beast, you know, or they could get control or profit from it somehow, you know, with no regard that's, for the consequences for that, you know. Right. That, that's what that's what Jupe, uh, the Stephen Yun character, thought too. Right. He he survived the attack from Gordy, 
because of the shoe distracting him and then also the the gauzy tablecloth preventing him from making eye contact with the chimpanzee, right? And he survived because of that. So he believed that he had some sort of internal ability to connect with these predators. And in reality, he, he didn't. And right. that was his, like, fatal flaw. Well, I think he also right? probably survived, too, because uh, somebody blew the chimp's brains out at the last second. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's <laughs> definitely the reason. <laughs> yeah. But the reason why the chimpanzee didn't just rip him apart, right, Right. immediately like he did to the co-star uh was because of that that tablecloth was in the was in the way um uh, so i mean thematically i i do i do understand what jordan peele was going for with that movie it was just so it was so frustrating because i feel like there was just a looseness to the the thematic resonance throughout all those different symbols that we see in the movie whereas in something like get out the all those thematic beats were like very closely knit into one another and then us us a little bit looser but still there and then like you you feel like you could have taken like you could have taken out you's whole story and it would have been the same movie um you could have taken out any other characters and it would have been the same movie yeah, I mean, there, there's definitely that aspect. I mean, like for instance, the cinematographer character is like a little bit of a of a goofy character in my mind. Yeah, I thought that was, kind that of was the only part about it. That, that was the only part of the movie that I hated. Yeah, was like that being said though, I mean, there, there was there was you know there's some there's some arresting moments in that movie, like when the blood it, when it's like regurgitating all of the blood onto the house when they're tra- when Angel and uh, whatever uh, Emerald I think is Kiki Palmer's character's name. When they're trapped in the house and that like blood is raining down, like that was an awesome scene. When when all the when all the people get uh, devoured, all the at Jupiter's when he's trying to like feed Lucky to the to Jean Jacket and oh, yeah. uh, and and all the the viewers, the audience gets like sucked up in there and they're being devoured. That was awesome. That was a great scene. You know, it might, my my opinion about it might even be different if they just edited 15 minutes out of that movie and it was just faster. So you thought, it, you thought it should have been less? I think it should have been tighter, yeah. I think that it was really trying to do the expanded storytelling that you get from the two biggest influences, the two biggest obvious influences on that movie are The Shining and Jaws. Like even even The Shining, the the like opening credits are the same, and like the way that they have the title cards with the names of all the animals on them, uh, that's obviously just like that's exactly like The Shining, when The Shining is like eight a.m. Uh, or like next to or Tuesday oh, or whatever right, the right. whatever the little title cards are with the times and stuff like that. So what are you giving, um, so are you giving the movie? Are you giving? Oh, are we doing two thumbs up? We doing two thumbs down? What you doing? I'm gonna give it a. If we do stars, do five star. If we do a five star ranking, I'll give it three stars. Three, wow. I I think I'm going to give it three stars on the strength of a few of the key scenes and visuals in it, as well as the overall technical production aspects of the filming and sound design. I think that the script wasn't 
quite there for me. I think all the actors are great actors, but I don't think that these are their best performances because I think that just as far as the characters are concerned, it wasn't quite you heard there it. for me. But people should see it and they should make up their own decision about it because I do think there's a lot there's a lot of there there. Because the well, a lot of people well, some people absolutely loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I understand those people. For sure. Yeah, and I and see, yeah, but uh, but I like a movie like that that's just completely polarizing. You know, like people, a lot of people felt the same way about Interstellar. I think Interstellar is one of the greatest movies of all time. See, uh, I feel very similar about Interstellar. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you feel you feel swimming. You feel similar to me, or you feel similar that you do about Nope. I feel similar to the way I feel about Nope. Oh, where I believe from a technical perspective. I rebuke you, Rob. I rebuke I you in the name of the Holy <laughs> Spirit of films. Wow. It's got its moments. It's got its moments, and it's and it's it's on a technical level. I believe it's a brilliant, brilliant movie, but for me, the characters just weren't. Okay, let me well, there. let me ask you. But, how do you feel yeah. about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I love that movie. Okay, so how do you feel about uh, Mad Max Fury Road? Uh, love that movie. I mean, okay, that, that I would give almost five stars. You've been re, you've been impressive. redeemed. The, the, to me, it's like if I could, if I could, if I was only trapped with one movie, it it would be that one. It, God, yeah, that movie. So it was so good, that, good from top to bottom. Just intriguing action. Not a lot of no fluff, no fat. Right. I mean, the script was probably like a page. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, what what that does is is Mad Max starts out so high octane, and then just really does not take its foot off the gas for almost the entire runtime. There's only maybe two or three moments in that movie where they like give you a chance to breathe. I feel like Jaws does that as well, although that's more of like a tension builder as opposed to. There's not a lot of action in Jaws, obviously, until the very, very end. Um, and I feel like Nope was trying to go for the Jaws thing, the tension thing, but it just it didn't it didn't keep it didn't ratchet that tension up and keep it there for me personally through throughout it. But I can all, I can definitely see how it would be very effective for other people. And so I totally I don't think the people who loved it are morons. Um, I would actually probably think that the, most of the people who hated it are stupider. <laughs> Because I I don't see how you can hate it. It did clue us in on the forgotten history of black jockeys. Yes, it's very true. Yeah, because black cowboys. That was actually that was actually real in the beginning of Nope. Starts out with uh, you know a little fun fact toward the black black uh, a black man was the first a black man on a horse was the first thing to be recorded. That's not true. On film. That's not true. That's not true. That is not true. That was made up for the movie, although it is drawing upon. No, no, because I've, I've I saw this at the film museum in um, before I saw this movie. I saw this at the film museum in uh, in L.A. Um, I seen a nigga on the, a horse. They 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 don't know who that jockey is, and also that was not actually a film. That was one of the first animations because Moybridge, who developed that technique used uh, static film plates that he set up multiple cameras with static film plates and then had the jockey ride a horse through some like fishing line triggers that would hit each one of the um, uh, trigger each one of the cameras in sequence 
and then they took those plates and they redrew them. So it's actually a form of rotoscoping that predates wow. Look how old film. See, see how far the white devil will go to rob, <laughs> rob us of heritage? Um, no. Uh, <clears throat> Elon and Twitter. Yes. Here we are. We've arrived. I actually had my first viral tweet recently, and it was about how the CEO of Arizona, um, Ice-T, has managed to keep keep those cans 99 cent through all these recessions and American hero he's American right but I didn't realize like he, this dude has a huge fan base like like people really responded like I found out his real name I don't remember right now but uh but uh but it's true and somebody posted it <laughs> which you can get for eight dollars and like right beside it was like eight cans of Arizona iced tea and then one blue check verification or whatever um you know uh, people are really upset about elon owning twitter now even though i don't think he's really changed anything yet um but i believe the new check marks are now in effect because people are already getting verified and uh verified and uh trolling sports twitter um, which is pretty fun. i mean but you know what i still have my verification from before and i didn't there's two different verifications now. Now there's uh, there's two names for them. I can't remember. One of them's verified, and one of them is something else. Uh, so now there's like a blue check and a white check, or they're both blue checks, or they're now they're both white checks. I don't know. This dude's shooting from the hip, so they they keep changing it from day to day. Okay. Well, you know, I you know, I don't I don't have strong feelings about it because again. Not to toot my own horn, but I warned that this would happen. <laughs> they didn't listen to me, and then and here we are, you know. And I don't know if Elon owning Twitter is going to be better or worse. You know, I'm 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 willing to see what, you know, what's going on. Because like I said, people were like uh, upset because you know the day he bought the day he had to buy it, people were like, oh, now racism, like all the bad shit about Twitter was already on there. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the previous guy didn't care about people saying nigga on Twitter. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He, so I, I don't know. I don't know what's different. It feels the same. None of my tweets have been um, un, unceremoniously, you know, banned or marked or corrected or anything. That's just, so I don't know. I, I'm not feeling it, and I don't know anyone that is. I know a bunch of people that are upset about it, but I don't know that many people that have been like negatively affected in fact most of the negativity is coming from the people that's mad about it you know so i don't know i don't yeah that makes sense yeah yeah so i i haven't seen any like extra negativity on twitter that like it doesn't feel that way maybe like that first day when people were trying to like troll yeah but, yeah. but just on my everyday twitter experience it's still the same you know it's the same it's like the it's the it's the it's it's an exact replica of the best sandwich you've ever had and is right next to the the most disgusting public toilet you've ever seen. You know, and it's like that's what Twitter is. Like every day you go back and if you're hungry enough, you you just go, Oh, you know what? And then when you when you got your fill, you look back down at where you just ate off of and you go, Oh, what was I thinking? <laughs> 
Why do I keep coming back in here? And it's you, it's your most embarrassing Pornhub history. Yeah, you can't explain it to anybody. You just keep coming back because you get a little morsel sometimes. You get a little you get a little satisfaction sometimes. Um <clears throat> I'm I'm I wanna do one e- one or two emails here. Sure, yeah. Um Oh, so I go, someone sent me an article. I like it when people do this. Mia Khalifa dog poop mask footage. What? Oh, maybe I, we can. We probably. <laughs> I I have to review that one before we do that one. On the thing. Okay, here's a, oh someone else sent me an article. Another YouTube video. Man tased by police catches on fire. All right, let's check that out. Some content may be disturbing. Yeah, no. A man tased by police officers was engulfed by fire. Arkansas State Police have released dash cam video of the October 13th incident. Police say a trooper attempted to pull over a man on a motorcycle who was allegedly driving without a state license plate. A trooper ran after the motorcyclist and pulled out his taser. Flames erupted after the taser was fired. Authorities say the backpack the motorcyclist was wearing contained about a gallon of gasoline. The man followed the advice to stop, drop, and roll, just as the troopers on the scene came to extinguish the blaze. Police say they administered first aid on the scene. The man is in the hospital and is expected to recover, but he will be facing felony fleeing, among other charges. See, that, that that's the wild shit to me. So we, we played that for everybody, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, my, this is my issue. I feel like, look, if a minor traffic violence... Okay, he had... <laughs> he had gasoline in his backpack. I, but it, it, like that sounds made up, but it, 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 it's so <laughs> ridiculous. Why are you? All right, whatever. You have, okay, so you have a backpack full of gasoline for some reason, and you're running from the police for some other reason. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but still, I feel like if if no one else got hurt, and a minor traffic violation lead to you being on fire. When you get out the hospital, they shouldn't charge you with nothing else. Because recovering from those, like, you ever talk to a burn victim? Recovering from a burn, from, from like, full body burns, that, that shit ain't no joke, man. You mm-hmm. got to be, you, I mean, you, 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 I mean, you in for it. You in for it. Like, if it happens to somebody that's too old, they, like, like I, I think if you're over a certain age, you can't, it's a, it's a wrap because, you wouldn't even survive the treatment the way they got to keep, like, scraping off the skin and, uh, bruh. Like, it ain't no motherfucking joke, bruh. It really ain't. Um, so I feel like, you know, if you went from riding your motorcycle, running from the cops, to, like, full body burns, I feel like they, they shouldn't charge you with <laughs> running from the cops when you get... Like, he that dude ain't going to be... He's not going to be out the hospital for, like, another year. Probably. How, how how what injuries did he sustain? Because he was he wearing because if he was wearing leathers or something, maybe he's got a shot. Well, they didn't say the extent of his injuries in that video, but they okay. but they say he he's in the hospital and expected to recover. Um, but it but it took him a long time to stop, drop, and roll. 
took him a long time to do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and <clears throat> you know, and if you got first-degree burns, you know, over large swaths of your body, I'm telling y'all, that, uh, that, uh, because I remember listening to that when I was in the corporate world and they made us do, watch like a OSHA safety video or whatever, and it was a guy that worked at Exxon or one of the major oil companies, you know, and they, he tells his story about him catching on fire because he forgot to do something or he was lazy about something, uh, some safety thing, and he caught on fire. And just to listen to him talk about <laughs> recovering from it, ugh, I'm trying to tell y'all some good shit. That's enough punishment. That's enough punishment. It really is. It really is. Because I, I think it's weird. It's weird. It's weird for us as a society to be like, no, you have to do the punishment that we made up. You can't just all that other shit is don't count. It's like, yeah, but my whole body is is not normal from now from now forward. And I and I and I basically just been tortured for six months, so I can look not even close to how I used to. You got to charge me with evading arrest? Like really? Because this is what I'm saying. I'm saying if the result of your crime is worse for you than you actually getting pulled over, like you actually like facing the the actual penalty for your crime, maybe we should let you slide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if nobody else, if no one else was harmed, you know, because all, all that happened is he ran from the cops and he got set on fire. None of the cops were injured. Right. Nothing else happened. And now he's just burned. He's a burn victim. And then, like, when he gets out of the hospital, he's going to get charged with felony evasion. It's like, wow, so he got to go to prison after that? I don't know. Maybe I'm being <laughs> – maybe I'm missing something. I'm sure I'm sure we have some fucking bootlickers in the comments that's going to have something to say about it. But ugh. He endangered everybody by bursting into flames. <laughs> yeah, I just – like – isn't it some kind of? I'm sure there is. I'm sure there's some kind of compassionate sentencing or compassionate release or something because that don't make sense. It don't make sense to me. How did the taser explode his backpack? It probably hit. They're the, saying it probably hit the gas. But but okay, you got a gallon of gasoline in your backpack. In the what was it in that the spark from a taser? exploded it it probably went through the gas can the taser because you know they got those little sharp prongs that, like stick oh in their skin. so maybe if it was like a metal because I'm, I'm i'm thinking of like a one of those plastic no no gallon no, no, no. tanks no you're you're saying it's like maybe a metal gas can no even if it, even if it was a plastic one you think that you think the spark is strong enough oh yeah from a taser yeah definitely i don't know how strong tasers are I mean, it, it won't. It wouldn't take anything at all. It wouldn't take much. Really? No, it wouldn't take much at all. If both of those prongs went into a gallon of gas and 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 went off. Oh, you're saying that you think the prongs like pierced the pierced the gas tank? Yes. Yes. And then there was an arc between the two of them in the gasoline. Ex- I see what yeah, you're saying. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Okay. That's the only I thing was that makes imagining. Sense. Yeah. That's the only thing that makes sense to me. Okay. Okay, I can see that. Okay, man, that's a that's a bad bounce for that dude. Yeah, cause that, cause not only <laughs> not, not, so not only were you running from the cops with a gallon of gas, which that still needs to be explained to me. 
why he has gas in his in his backpack. Um, but 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 then it's also one, on top of that, it's one of those what are the chances type of deals, right? And then you, when you get out of the hospital, you still got to go to jail. Damn man. Yeah, man. I, I think you should get time served for when you're in jail. I mean, that, that's heartless. That's heartless. That's heartless. Um. Okay. Um, all right. Well, that's that, that's a good one. Let's let's hit a news story real fast. All right. I also got I also got something. I got I also got a little treat for uh, for, for, the, um, for the listeners for the listeners after this. A treat for the listeners. Are we doing a giveaway? Yeah, no, 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 no. No, I just uh, a suggestion from somebody who 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 watches. Because I don't I don't know if you know this, Brian, but the the largest source of our subscribers, I believe, are people who watch the shorts, and the shorts that perform the best are the ones where you say some controversial things. Oh no! So, so I have some questions here for you. But we'll do it after one of these uh, articles. Okay. Well, I guess that's me now. I'm just, I'm hot. T- hot take B. Hot take Brian. Okay. So this uh, this headline says pulled from the Gulf of Mexico after 24 hours, three men survived turbulent waters and shark bites. For three men who went missing after an offshore fishing trip near Empire on Saturday, <clears throat> the odds weren't good, according to Scott Talbot, Eighth Coast Guard District Search and Rescue Specialist. Uh, Talbot put Talbot put the boater's chance of surviving in the Gulf for 24 hours at no better than 15%, and that's if they were wearing life vests. They were, but what Talbot didn't know when he got involved with the search was that the men were basically punching and fighting off sharks in choppy waters that have seen an influx of the apex predators in recent years. We have a shark problem in the Gulf. <laughs> Imagine having a shark problem. Um, they're getting more and more aggressive, and they're hungry. The men's against all odds survival, along with a clue that led search teams 25 miles from shore to the waters where the exhausted, shark-bitten men were found, made for what Talbot described as one of the unlikeliest rescues he's ever seen. So wait a minute, these dudes was just—I mean, what do they mean, shark-bitten? Like, like these sharks were nibbling on these guys? Uh, I think they were. The, it says uh, shark attack. Bull and black tip belong to the same federally protected species group as hammerhead sharks. Uh, both are common in the Gulf of Mexico. So the three um, the three men were ages thirty nine, forty one, and forty three. Ooh, that's my average. That's my age range. They set out Saturday morning in a twenty four foot center console boat to fish around. See, that's where you lost me. I'm, I'm, I don't participate in those activities. Um, they were being attacked by these sharks, and they were getting bites on the the. So the fear was that they were get as they were getting bites on their hands, which they did. They had bites on their hands and arms. That the blood was attracting larger predators. Yeah. By the way, I'm less. I'm more against Saturday morning activities and, le- and not not necessarily going out on a boat. Um. Yeah, this is crazy. It doesn't say their names though. No, it doesn't. I think we could probably find it somewhere else, but it doesn't fucking matter. Okay, well, well, they're that... just a couple of weekend, war- a few weekend warriors uh, doing a little fishing, and they got pulled out to to see. Yeah, that's crazy. And then imagine if, uh, imagine they pulled the guys out the water, and they were like, "Oh man, yeah, this 
yeah, we found we found we found the the, the uh, a, a piece of the hull of that boat, you know. And there was uh, unfortunately there was cocaine in there, so. Oop, I lost you. Yeah, yeah. Well, after y'all recover from these shark bites, I'm about to charge you guys for trafficking. Oh, you know, I lost yeah. you for a second there, but I, I caught the very end of that. I said, I said, imagine if the if the cops were like, yeah, we found we found the, the rest of the boat, and there was actually cocaine in there. So uh, <laughs> after we after we after y'all recover from these shark bites, yeah, we're going to hit y'all with this RICO act. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that. That's uh, that's 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 who we are now. That's who we are. We're Would just... you rather burst into flames before being arrested, or be attacked by sharks before being arrested? Uh. I'd rather be attacked by sharks. Yeah, fair enough. If I got to choose between if those are the two choices, yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. on on fire ain't no joke. On fire, like a shark, you at least got a chance to come out with minimal damage. But if you burst into flames like that, you're damaged. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. There's no unless you can put them out instantly. Like unless you burst into flames on your way, <laughs> like like in the middle of a dive into the water, you burst into flames. But yeah, I feel like the the burst of the flames is gonna be permanent damage everywhere. And like I said, the recovery ain't no motherfucking joke. A shark, you know, like these dudes, they survive for three days fucking with these sharks. Facts. You know, you you burst in the flames, you know, you got about what, fifteen seconds to do something about it? Yeah. Yeah. Stop dropping roll, baby. You got to Yeah. Okay. So, let's do one. All right. What was the surprise for the for the for the listeners? So, I have discovered a website called philosophyexperiments.com. Uh, this is sent to me by Nick, who I know personally, but he watches the show, and he was interested in the philosophical conundrums that we have been discussing. This is a website where they have philosophy uh, and morality questionnaires that are designed by um, PhD students. And so I thought it might be interesting to go through some of these with you. Are you interested in that? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. All right. So this one is 19 questions, but they're short, and I'll probably edit out any of them that are boring. But so here we go. Question one. You pass someone in the street who is in severe need and you are able to help them at little cost to yourself. Are you morally obliged to do so? And the options are strongly obliged, weakly obliged, not obliged. Strongly obliged. Strongly obliged. Question two. You have a brother. You know that someone has been seriously injured as a result of criminal activity undertaken by him. You live in a country where the police and legal system are generally trustworthy. Are you morally obliged to inform them about your brother's crime? Strongly obliged, weakly obliged, not obliged. Weakly obliged. Why weakly obliged? Talk uh, me through it. Because you know, it's the, it's to me, it's like it's to a lesser degree the whole Fifth Amendment thing. We're like, um. I think it's the Fifth Amendment where you're where you you're not obliged to to 
incriminate yourself, but also mm-hmm. your spouse. You're not a, you're not obliged to testify against your spouse either, right? Correct. You you, you cannot be forced to testify so, against your so, spouse. Right. So I think I think technically, to a much lesser degree, I understand the loyalty to your family as well. You know, mm-hmm. so ugh, that's a tough one. But well, they're yeah. gonna get tougher. Yeah, I would, but I I wouldn't testify against my brother, no. Okay. No. But would you turn him in? No. Okay. Uh, question three: Do you think that assisting the suicide of someone who wants but to wait die? Minute, but wait a minute! But hold on! But wait a minute! Oh, hold on, wait a minute! Wait a minute! Because, because <clears throat> we now we have to be more specific. Is this asking me what I would do or what one ought to do? I believe it's it's trying to map out your moral or ethical principles or draw lines around the decisions that you think are appropriate not necessarily for you personally because you know you can answer you could still answer the question even if you didn't have a brother right, right? but but also but also what what I, I guess what I'm trying to get at is am are, are my answers what I would do or what I think is right because sometimes it's like I would I know it's morally right but I would not do that thing you know, like the turn. Like I know that it's like I. I think it's morally right to turn in your brother, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't do that. Interesting. So, so is it? I think that when we talk about moral obligation, then. So are are you are you saying that you should turn your brother in, but you just wouldn't? Right. I think that's I, I like think like, that, like that's the right thing to do, right? But I don't I don't think I could do it. I wouldn't be able to live with myself. I mean, no. But see, that depends on the crime. That depends on what he was doing. Because yeah. you're saying he did a crime that caused someone harm, right? But you didn't say. I mean, the thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, what I mean, if he fucking you know blew up a building, yeah, I would turn him in. Okay. Like like if he did something that made me be like, oh, he lost his mind. Mm-hmm. Then you know, then I would turn him in. But if it was like, oh, you know, he trying to survive out here like everybody else, you know, he sold that crack or he, you know, was in some fucking thing, I, you know, that, mm, or he was running like scams or something like that, right? Yeah. Then, so I guess it would, it would have to depend. It would depend. Have to depend on the crime for sure. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Question three, do you think that assisting the suicide of someone who wants to die and has requested help is morally equivalent to allowing them to die by withholding um, with by withholding medical assistance, assuming that the level of suffering turns out to be identical in both cases? Do I think that assisting someone with suicide that wants to die from terminal illness is morally equivalent to allowing them to die um by withholding by withholding so I think the distinction that they're well, no they're not here. no they're not morally equivalent no okay why not well because one 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 takes away someone's agency and the other one empowers them i mean if somebody want to die i mean those are the those are the two key differences to me like the this the suffering is equal mm-hmm. one of these motherfuckers want to go and the other one don't. Okay. No, Fair I don't. Enough. I don't think they're morally equivalent. No. Now, again, I think you could get into the specifics of the situation. You know, because 
doctors have to withhold medical shit all the time, right? Because it's like, sure, yeah, this person's gonna like you know in a, in a, especially like in a uh, <clears throat> in a situation where there's mass injuries, a triage situation, yeah, and it's like, well, this person's gonna die, so we don't have time to fucking try to keep them alive. They're gonna die. Like their their five percent chance of survival, that's nothing to his fifty. So let's mm-hmm. put all our resources in this. I mean, doctors have to do that all the time. Yeah, but but Limit, you, limited resources. Yeah, but you're talking about just two people that are terminally ill, and one wants to die. That's that's the differentiating factor for me. It's like they want to die, and they're of sound mind and body, and they want they they tired. That's not <laughs> the same thing as you going. I I think you should die. You know. Right. Yeah. That that they're if they're not part of the decision. Right. Yeah. Question four. You are able to help some people, but unfortunately, you can only do so by harming other people. The number of people harmed will always be 10% of those helped. When considering whether it is morally justified to help, does the actual number of people involved make any difference? For example, does it make a difference if you are helping 10 people by harming one person rather than helping 100,000 people by harming 10,000 people? So in this case, the ratios are identical, mm. but the numbers are orders of magnitude different. Does that make a difference? For me, it doesn't. Yeah, harm away. <laughs> yeah, and listen, I, and I know that's easy for me to say because you know what this uh this goes back to the Derek Poston episode of the Thanos snap, mm-hmm. right? It's like, did he include himself? You know, are you in? If you are including yourself in the people that could possibly be harmed, then mm-hmm. I have no moral. I see no moral uh, problem. Mm-hmm. But it was like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I'm. You know, every time I help, every time I hurt ten thousand people, I help a hundred thousand. But but me and none of the people I love could possibly be one of those ten thousand people. Well, now you you know that that, that your intellectual consistency falls apart there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, question five. You own an unoccupied property. You are contacted by a refugee group which desperately needs somewhere to house a person seeking asylum who is being unjustly persecuted in a foreign country. Your anonymity is assured. You have every reason to believe that no harm will come to your property. Are you morally obliged to allow them to use your property? Hell no. Nah. All my help is for American citizens only. <laughs> Fuck out of here with your refugee shit. Don't you know who we are? No, <laughs> All right, um, I'm going to no, click uh, not obliged. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm obliged. Yeah, I think you are, yeah. Okay. Question six. A charity collection takes place in your office. For every $10 given, a blind person's sight is restored. Instead of donating $10, you use the money to treat yourself to a cocktail after work. Are you morally responsible for the continued blindness of the person who would have been treated had you made the donation? Yes. All right. Question seven. Someone you have never met needs a kidney transplant. You are one of the few people who can provide the kidney. Would any moral obligation to provide the kidney be greater if this person were a cousin rather than a non-relative? Mm, uh, yes. I was actually in this situation. Whoa, tell me about that. I told you I was, and what's funny is I had written a report about it in college um, um, after this. 
but I was, I was, this was years ago when I worked at the Pentagon, but I, I was contacted. I, I had given blood years before and I was a match for someone that needed, um, I think bone marrow. Oh, wow. Um, but the problem. Oh, I remember. Okay. I do remember you telling me about this. Yeah. 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 The problem is <clears throat> because legally you're not allowed to be compensated in any way for your organs. Um, cause that, that presents its own moral problems. Absolutely. Um, they're not, they are not allowed to promise you anything, even within reason. So the, the, my own, the only reason I didn't, all they told me was the, it was a, I know it was a lady and I know how old she was and that's all they would tell me. But, but then I was like, well, what if something goes wrong and I have to be hospitalized? Nope. You're on your own. Whoa. And I was like, well, then I'm not doing that. <laughs> you know, I didn't do it. I didn't help her, you know. And I think at the time I was probably 25 or 26. And, um, and I think this lady was damn near 60. And that's all I knew. But they, I, but I also was like, okay, yeah. Because keep in mind, I got to take off work. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was, it was going to be at least three weeks or four weeks of me not being at work. Probably much more than that. And I, because I definitely wasn't going to be able to walk for a couple of weeks, um, mm-hmm. and then, and then if something went wrong, so then, so they're not compensating me for that time I'm taking off work. By the way, right. And if something goes wrong, I got to pay off all the medical expenses on my own. You know, so it was like that. Well, obviously, I'm not helping this lady. Now, had that lady been you know, a relative. Ugh. And, and and when I say relative, that's I'm talking about two steps removed. None right. of the, none of this great, great, nah. One great. You know? Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking like I'm helping, you know, brothers, sisters, uh, some aunties, some uncles. First cousin? It, it, dep- it depends. It depends. You know, like us simply being related don't mean shit. Like I gotta like have grew up with you, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, you well, just let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Should, should, uh, should you be able to co- be compensated for giving an organ, or giving bone marrow, or giving? <sighs> well, that's a tough one because you you because like I said. If you if you could be compensated for it, mm-hmm. which there are countries where you can be, mm-hmm. you what would end up happening is it would it would in a way pressure the poorest people to sell their organs, right, right. So you know, and so there's moral shit with that, right? Because it's it's legal in like India or whatever to to like. Mm-hmm sell your organs and it's all the poor people selling their organs or you know people having their organs taken you know and then yep. and then giving money you know but <clears throat> so it, it it puts it puts the poorest people in a bind if you if you can just sell a kidney right um now right. You, you can sell you can sell stuff that's like reproducible or that's abundant like you can sell your eggs you can sell your sperm you can sell your plasma. You can sell your plasma. You can sell your hair. 
mm-hmm. but you can't sell your kidney, you can't sell a lung, you can't promise a heart to somebody in the, in your will. Well, none of that shit. It's got to be on the list. Now, here, here, here no, but here, here's the, uh, you know, but the other side to that is like put me in the situation I was in when now only the richest people can say yes because you know that so that reduces the number that's available i mean that 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 hurts more hurts more people <clears throat> and then the other side of it is there are religions that don't allow them to give blood or give organs right but they are allowed to receive them oh i didn't know that yeah yeah there's certain religions i want to say um it was either Jehovah's Witnesses or uh, Christian Scientists. Well, I forget what they call themselves. I think they call themselves Christian Scientists. But one of these religions, were like it was, it's very strictly forbidden for them to give blood or give any organs. It has something to do with like them having to die whole or something. It may even be the Mormons too, but something about them having to die whole. Like they have to have all of their shit. They can't just give away parts of their body. Wow. And <clears throat> but if one of them is in the hospital and needs a damn liver. You know they they more than happy to receive some, and then there's some religions. So I'm I'm mixing up these three, but but it's in here. Like the 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 Christian Scientists, Mormons, and um, Jehovah's Witnesses, it's like one isn't allowed to give, but is allowed to receive. But then there's there's some that ain't allowed to receive. So like even if a blood transfusion would like save your life, you can't have it. That sounds like uh, Christian Science to me. Yeah, it might be them. Yeah, and they I, may have, I, and they I, may I have changed. They may have changed this since I wrote this paper. This was a long time ago, okay. so they may have changed it since then. Who knows what, how religions work or whatever? But that was that was one of the moral things, one of the moral questions I had to answer. Where it was like, you know, what's I, and I what I've come up with is I think we would just solve a lot of these problems if organ donation was opt out instead of opt in. Yes. Did we talk about this yes. last week? Uh, I think we've talked about this before. Okay. That that it should be. It, uh, I I agree that it should be opt out because in the places where it is opt out, like I believe in Israel, it's opt out instead of opt in, and yeah. they do not have um, organ shortages uh, to the same degree that we do. Because oh, a lot yeah. of people die. A lot of people die on the on those waiting lists. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And and because that's the, that's the other thing. It's like. You're on the waiting list for the chance for them to ask a motherfucker. You know, mm-hmm. it's like that's the, that person still has to say yes, which they probably aren't going to do, because most people can't afford to fucking take weeks off work. So you okay? That don't make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I might die too. Fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> so it was. It's a. Uh... Yeah, I don't know if there's an easy answer, but I think that having to be opt out is a good step towards that. I think maybe a couple states are opt out, but federally we're not. Opt out organ donation. Probably Oregon. (laughs) No? Fuck you. (laughs) No? (laughs) Fuck you. Uh, Well, we're at an hour, so I think think we're going to leave people hanging. Wait a minute. Did did I not finish the morality quiz? You did not. We're we're about halfway through, bro. No, finish it. Let's finish. Let's finish. We're gonna burn through it. All right. Yeah. yeah. All right. You can save the lives of a thousand patients by canceling one hundred operations that would have saved the lives of a hundred different patients. Are you morally obliged to do so? Yes. 
Question nine, are your moral obligations to people in your own country or community stronger than those to people in other countries and communities, assuming no unusual circumstances? For yes. example, suffering because of famine. Yes. Yes. Question 10, you deliberately sabotage a piece of machinery in your workplace so that when someone next uses it, there will be an accident, which will result in that person losing the use of their legs. Are you morally responsible for their injury? Yes. <laughs> what? Where's the conundrum there? Well, some people have a very strong... Some libertarians have a very strong opinion about that where they say, no, I'm not morally responsible for that because the onus is on the person using the equipment to inspect it beforehand, that they are taking on the risk of bodily injury when they use that equipment. I don't agree with I think those people are lunatics. Yeah, but, but you, ju- you, just, you just set a booby trap. Sure, no, listen, I'm, I'm all about, you know, because I go back to like gun safety, like treat every weapon as if it was loaded, you know, that kind of thing. But I don't I don't I think once you get once you once you are aware of the consequences of your action and you take that action anyway, you're responsible for the consequences. So you would say that you are like if you, you, if, you, you if you accidentally set up the machine sure, sure, in, sure, a, in sure. that way and then somebody lost their legs, you're not responsible for that. But if you purposely set up the machine to hurt somebody, knowing that the average person isn't going to check, right? So that, that's, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, that's what, the thing. What if it's an accident, but it's a what if it's an accident, but it's a reasonably foresee reasonably foreseeable outcome of no, your actions? No, because I think because no. because it, it, it doesn't even have to be that that light. Like this is and this is this seems like I'm changing the subject, but it's like it's the same reason I'm against mail-in rebates. You know, okay. it's because sure, it's your responsibility to mail in your rebate. But the company giving you the mail-in rebate, they know 90% of people ain't going to do that. Yes. It's it's just like it's your responsibility to read the terms of service. But the companies that, that throw you that word salad, they know that 99% of people aren't going to do that. So they're, right. t- they're taking advantage of what they know to be human behavior. So, yeah, you're still responsible to me. Like, you, you're trying... You're trying to fool me into doing a, some a thing so you don't that you don't have to take responsibility for. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, you're responsible for me not being able to walk, motherfucker. I t- I tell you what, do that to a nigga, and then and then let him know that you set up the machine that way, and see how he react to you. <laughs> uh, well, good luck trying to catch me with your legs all mangled up on that machine. <laughs> right. Uh, question 11, you know the identity of someone who has committed a serious crime resulting in a person being badly injured. Are you morally obliged to reveal their identity to an appropriate authority so that they are dealt with justly? And the options are strongly obliged, weakly obliged, or not obliged. Uh, weakly obliged. Okay. Question 12, you can save the lives of 10 innocent people by killing one other innocent person. Are you morally obliged to do so? Yes, yes or no? Yes. Question 13. You see a charity advertisement in a newspaper about a person in severe need in Australia. There is no state welfare available to this person, but you can help them at little cost to yourself. You have good reason to believe that any help you offer will make a difference. Are you morally obliged to help the person? Strongly, weakly, not obliged. Weakly. Question 14. You are required and that's, to send... That's not because they're far away. It's because they're Australian. All right, go ahead. Okay. Okay. <laughs> 
You are required to send a person a gift, and you have bought a bottle of drink. This is a British thing. Bottle of drink to send to them. However, you discover it is poison, and if consumed, will cause blindness in the drinker. To replace it with a non-contaminated bottle will cost you $10. You give the poisoned drink as a gift anyway. Are you morally responsible for the blindness of the drinker? And the options are responsible, partly responsible, not responsible. What the fuck kind of question is this? <laughs> you gave somebody a poison drink. Are you responsible for them being poisoned? Yes. Yes. Question 15. A situation arises where you can either save your own child from death or contact the emergency services in order to save the lives of 10 other children. You <sighs> cannot do both, and there is no way to save everybody. Which course of action are you morally obliged to follow? And the options are save your own child or save 10 other children. God damn. <laughs> this is always one of the, this formulation is always the hardest one. Well, yeah. Fuck. I mean, you're definitely morally obliged to save the 10 other children. But I would totally understand if you didn't. Yeah. Yeah. That's All why, right. that's, listen, that's why every dope movie, every dope like cop movie starts out with the chief being like, you're off the fucking case. You're too close to this. Yep. Yeah, because you can't expect somebody to make a, an unbiased decision in that situation. So, yeah, save the 10 kids. All right. Home stretch now. Question 16. You can save the lives of 10 patients by canceling one operation which would have saved the life of a different patient. Are you morally obliged to do so? S say that again. You can save the lives of 10 patients by canceling one operation which would have saved the life of a different patient. Did we do this question already? Well, it's kind of it's slightly different, but I think that because I think it was reversed before, where it was like wasn't it ten and a hundred or something like that? Yeah, but save the most people. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they already did this one. I feel like at the end of this, they're gonna call me a psychopath. <laughs> All right. Uh, this again. This is where they like they they slightly change it, right? So so you become aware that a piece of machinery in your workplace is faulty, and that if it is not repaired, then there will soon be an accident, which will result in someone losing the use of their legs. Despite knowing that nobody else is aware of the fault, you take no action. Shortly afterwards, the accident occurs, and someone does lose the use of their legs. Are you morally responsible for their injury? Yes. And the option. You can save the lives of a million innocent people by killing a hundred thousand others. Are you morally obliged to do so? Yes. Let's see. It's like, would you burn down Albuquerque to save Los Angeles? Yes. <laughs> Your moral, moral parsimony score is 83%. What does this mean? I don't know. Mo Moral frameworks can be more or less parsimonious. That is to say, they can employ a wide range of principles which vary in their application according to circumstances. Less parsimonious. Or they can employ a small range of principles which apply across a wide range of circumstances without modification. More parsimonious. An example might make this clear. Let's assume that we are committed to the principle that is good to reduce suffering. The test of moral parsimony is to see whether this principle is applied simply 
and without modification or qualification in a number of different circumstances. Supposing, for example, we find that in otherwise identical circumstances, the principle is applied differently if the suffering person is from a different country to our own, hence why they do all the different, slightly different uh, right. questions. This suggests a lack of moral parsimony, which, uh, because, of a, because a factor which could be taken to be morally irrelevant in an alternative moral framework is here taken to be morally re- relevant. How to interpret your score? The higher your percentage score, the more parsimonious your moral framework. In other words, a high score is suggested suggestive of a moral framework that comprises a minimal number of moral principles that apply across a range of circumstances and acts. What is a high score? As a rule of thumb, any score above 75% should be considered indicative of a parsimonious moral framework. You have a parsimonious moral framework, Brian. Is that but I'm not I'm still not sure if that's a good thing. Well, it says here, moral parsimony, good or bad. It says we make no judgment about whether moral parsimony is a good or bad thing. Some people will think that on balance it is a good thing and that we should strive to minimize the number of moral principles that form our moral frameworks. Others will suspect that moral parsimony is likely to, re- to render moral frameworks simplistic and that an overly parsimonious moral framework will leave us unable to deal with the complexity of real circumstances and acts. We'll leave mm. it up to you to decide who is right. What do you think? Um, hmm, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm I'm comfortable with 83, 83 was it? 83%. I'm comfortable with 83, 83% pars, parsimoniousness, parsimonious, minious. <laughs> parsimony? Parsimony. I'm, I'm comfortable with 83 parsimony just because, um, you know, it shows intellectual consistency without, without being an absolutist, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm a flaw. I'm flawed. You know. I'm a they flaw. also break it down according to they have an analysis across four different categories. Those categories are geographical distance, which is the impact of geographical distance on the application of moral principles. Uh, the idea here is to determine whether moral principles are applied equally when dealing with sets of circumstances and acts that differ only in their geographical location in relation to the person making the judgment. Um, well, I think I think that's just being human. Of like. Yeah. Your dis- the distance between you and a tragedy d- determines. I mean, w- w- you know, the, obviously there's circumstances that 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 change that. You know what I mean? If you have some kind of connection to the people before they became, before they were in that other place, mm-hmm. you know, it's like if we send a, if we send a team of people to explore Mars and they die tragically. You know, we're we're all gonna feel that sadness because it. You know, before they left, you know, we're being told these are pioneers yeah. and these are the heroes, right? But give it once they've settled on Mars, right? And it's been a hundred years, and people are used to the idea of pe- there being Martians. And then you know, some plant explodes over there, and a thousand people die. You'll feel nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a millions of miles away. It's it's the same thing. It's like once you're used to the uh, like like when when anything tragedy tragic happens in the world, the only time we hear about it in America is if some is if some Americans got hurt. Right, plane or, can go down with two hundred people on it, and unless there's one American on it, nobody hears anything about it. N- nobody here does. <laughs> you right, know, that's what I mean. It's just, it's like now, you know. Obviously, again, there's there there's different shit. Like of a, it's got to be a shitload of people dying, or it's got to be it's got to be able to affect like Chernobyl. I mean, not Chernobyl. Um, Fukushima. Remember Fukushima? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just Japanese people died, but 
nah, that radiation in the water, it's in the air. It's so we heard about it for like a couple weeks. Did you hear about the people who cleaned it up? No. They recruited people, they recruited Japanese people over the age of 80 to go do the cleanup because they were old enough that uh, the radiation, even though it increased their chances of cancer, they weren't going to be around long enough for those rates to really rise. So a lot of older Japanese people, in order to prevent the younger generations from getting sick, they risked their own lives to go do the cleanup on the radiation. Any of them still alive? Yeah, yeah. What'd they give them? What do you mean when they give them? They ain't, you know, they ain't get these motherfuckers like a sushi pass or something like something. <laughs> like free uh, sushi till you die or something. They each got their very own Pokemon. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't I don't know if they gave them anything. I think it was like I don't want to say it was volunteer work, but I don't think they But like, nothing like, nothing useless like a certificate or a medal or nothing. I bet you they did give them something to that degree. Yeah, uh, give me a yeah, but the certificate's radioactive, so who knows. <laughs> Um. Yeah. No chemo. <laughs> no, you don't get chemo if you. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. We, 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 okay. Wait a minute. Before we slide out, what was your score, Rob? How parsimonious was your shit? Uh, mine was lower than yours. I don't remember exactly what it was. I believe it, I should just take it again. It won't take me very long. But um, uh, I was like about average. I think the difference between us is, I um. I probably care more about the actal mission distinction than you do. Was what the actal mission? So the idea that allowing something to happen is morally equivalent to causing it to happen yourself because the suffering that might um arise from that act or that omission is the same right yeah well i think so, this i think the test is flawed in that way all these tests are flawed for sure yeah all these tests are flawed um and and you know i took another one where it was basically you're playing the role of an ai like a self-driving car you know and each of the questions is the car is heading into a an intersection and the brakes are out and it can either like keep going and run over the people in the crosswalk or it can like you know there's different permutations of it but it can swerve and run over a bunch of pets or it can swerve and run into a pylon and kill everybody in the car it can keep going and the people in the car will be safe but it's going to run over the people in the crosswalk and it's all these different permutations on that right, right. and and from doing that when I, I definitely am uh, my moral intuitions are much more uh, that an act is an act has more moral culpability than refraining from acting in my mind mm. you know allowing something to happen allowing something bad to happen that you could have stopped is not to me as bad as causing the actual thing see, you know, but to you, happen see, through your action. See, that it's weird how we both approach each question. Because you know what it is? The first thing I think about when, at, at, when you ask me each question, the first thing I think about is <clears throat> how I'm going to feel about myself after. Yeah. And even though I won't 
like not acting even though I don't think not acting is as bad as acting like oh, oh let me let me rephrase that even though I don't think actively doing something that causes harm is the same as as not acting and allowing harm I would feel like a piece of shit either way Right. You know, it's it's the reason why I can't snitch on my brother, even though I know I morally should. Right. It's because of who I'm going to be afterwards. I'm not going to be able to live with that person. Right. You know, so maybe and maybe so maybe that's selfish in and of itself. It's like I'm, I'm putting my own because I, I have to, I have to live with me. You know, e- you know, even if I did the fucked up thing and like escape to a fortress of solitude is like I still got to be that person about with me. Right. I, you know, so that's how I'm looking at it. It's, and that's why I think the, the test is flawed is because it doesn't allow it. I think both things make you you're, you're responsible either way. I just think you're more responsible f- for the action rather than the inaction. Yeah. And I think I think most people just their moral intuitions do make the distinction between the two, because, you know, we also make distinctions between things like attempted murder and murder. Right. Or yeah. or. uh you know, an assault that causes an injury versus criminal negligence. No, but see, but, but okay, so, so wait a minute, so let me ask you this. No, cause see, now, see, now, now I'm thinking about it more. I'm changing my mind. I'm changing my <laughs> mind. Because not acting in some ways can be worse. It can, yep. Depending on the outcome, right? So let me ask you this. Here's a thought experiment. The... Say you you've had the cure for COVID this whole time. Yeah. And you just and you just you just decided not to not to tell anymore. Oh, I I think that's obvious. Are you are you just as responsible as the guy that released it from the lab in Wuhan? Now, now you're gonna get us. <laughs> now you're gonna get us taken off of YouTube. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. no. I'm just saying. Are you just as no? But uh, so let's so let's just say, are you just as responsible as some as a person that like invented a virus and as the so so just let's let's say it's not COVID. Let's just say it's some other deadly virus that was spreading around the globe, and you right. had the and you decided just to to just not give the cure to anyone. Are you aren't are you I would say you're probably even more responsible than the person that released it. You definitely have some you definitely have significant moral responsibility for that and I would consider that to be evil, immoral, whatever terminology you want to use for it, uh that that you that you did that um or that you refer, you withheld the um the cure in that case. Or just, um, or just, or just, say, or say something, something even worse. Say somebody, say someone planted a bomb, mm-hmm. a nuclear bomb in the middle of a major city. Sure. And you, you know, you not only know who did it, but you know how they did it, and you're the only one that can disarm the bomb. But instead, you decide to just leave town. Now they haven't technically harmed anyone yet. You know, and then but and then the bomb goes off. Aren't you at least equally responsible for the deaths? I don't know if I'm equally responsible, but I'm definitely at least partially responsible. Are you gonna feel guilty? 
oh yeah 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 yeah. i would definitely feel guilty about that if i if i could have um i, I think those questions are fairly easy when it is a de minimis risk or effort on your part i know i know y'all what the fuck does de minimis mean rob minimal amount okay right so so for instance so so for instance like one one of the one of the one of the examples that people often use is you're walking down the street and you see a small child face down in a puddle um drowning so de minimis right? is two words so because yeah. this is latin this is this legal shit too trivial or minor to merit consideration, especially in law. Okay. Yeah. So little so, shit, short shit. Little shit. So, so for instance, one of the examples that they use for a lot of these like Samar- like Good Samaritan type concepts, right, where you're walking down the street and you see somebody in trouble, and the question is whether you're morally obligated to help them, right? And so one of the examples they'll give is you're walking down the street and you see a, a small child face down in a puddle, they can't get out of the puddle, and they're drowning, and you can and can uh, are you morally obligated to help them i would say yes you are but in that situation there's very little risk to you it's a de minimis amount of effort on your part to just walk over lift up a child pull them out of the water but are you legally required to help in most places no you're not wow in most places you're not now i think that i think that the question becomes more difficult when you start factoring in things like, well, the child's drowning and you're not a very good swimmer. So you have to risk your own life to go get them. Right. That's a little bit more difficult to answer. Now, what if you add a shark? Or, you like, the, or like you're wearing the new Yeezys. There you go. And, you know, you just paid $1,500 for these sh- shoes. Yeah. And and if they're, they're future-proof. So, like, these will be stylish in the year twenty in the year 3020. Well, but if you have Yeezys on, then you're obviously an anti-Semite. So maybe your life is forfeit already. Yeah, yeah. So who knows? Um, so yeah, you're right. I guess the, the question gets more, when there's a danger to you, that complicates things. Right. Or when or when you add in love. Right. That, that complicates things. I also think that you can rely on like for instance with the question about whether saving your own child or uh 10 other children who are strangers to you right yeah obviously that's difficult but i think you got to save your own kid well well here's the other thing too here's the other thing these questions don't factor in is like is that we don't know nothing about none of these people you know right they're all hypotheticals like it might be my kid but my kid might be a real piece of shit your kid's wearing Yeezys and is an anti-Semite. <laughs> right. My kid is anti-Semitic and wearing Yeezys, watching the wrong documentary. And I think, then, I think, okay. Um, and then, but also you don't know anything about any of the people you're saving. Right. You know? What if Hitler's in those thousand people that, that like you, you, you kill a hundred people to save, to save a thousand and, but Hitler's in the thousand. Right. Right. So who, it's like, oh, but th- so saving those thousand could potentially kill millions. I think the more interesting thing is like, so take that same example with the save your child instead of 10 strange children. I Strange children, strangers who are children. Uh, uh, I think that in that case, I would save 
my own child. And I can rationalize that by saying, look, I have a, obviously I have a duty to these other children because I'm a human being. They're human beings. You have duties to other people, especially a child who can't protect themselves necessarily. But I also have an additional duty to my own child as their parent. I have something that goes beyond just the duty that I owe to a stranger by virtue of like I'm responsible for their safety. But then the question becomes, okay, it's your child or it's a hundred children. It's your child or it's a thousand children. It's your child or it's a million. Some people are going to say, I don't care if it's a hundred billion children. I'm going to save my own kid. Well, yeah, but, but, some, but other people but, have a line. But some people are like, okay, it's your child or every other person on earth. And some people will still pick their child. Some people will I, still I, pick their child. Now that, ooh, ah, that it's hard, man. That's a, no, not for me. Not for me. I mean, at some point, it's like, hey, yeah, you got to toss the baby in a volcano. It's gonna be every other person on Earth. Come on, man. Yeah, but you, where where do you where do you draw the line? Is it a thousand? Okay, what about thousand and one? What about thousand and two? I, you know, I'm not sure what that number is. If I really had to think about it, but I know. I think it's I think it's easier if you started everybody and work your way back. So everybody, I'm 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 picking everybody. Fair enough. You know, if it's half the people on earth, I'm picking half the people. If it's a quarter of the people on earth, I'm picking a quarter of the people on earth. About a tenth, eh, that's when it starts getting a little <laughs> a little muddy for me. A tenth of the people on earth, eh. Especially if I can swing it so those that tenth are like the worst people. No, not the worst people. The dumbest people. If I could just, if it, if it was just the dumbest people on earth, I would, I would pick my kid. Um, That's another way that they like that they twist the question to make it more difficult. Is it's it's all right? It's your kid or a million people, and you go, I gotta go with the million people, and they go, Yeah, but fifty percent of them are Nazis. Go, well, yeah, no, nah, a, mil- uh, a, mi- a million ain't enough. A million ain't enough. A million's not enough? No, 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 no. I'm picking my kid over any million people. What I think is hilarious about all these hypotheticals, too, is that... Oh, I got, I a, mean, <laughs> I got a question. What if it's your people? So okay. it's, it's your kid or every other person in your race? I mean, the world would probably be better without all white people. So I'll <laughs> yeah, but that's you. That's everybody. That's everybody. That's, that's your mom, your dad. That's everybody you love. All that. It's all gone. That's an interesting question for the crowd. Respond in the comments. Tell me, if, if you, would you pick your kid who's like the best kid, the cutest kid? They remind you of you. So much potential. Like the best kind of kid. They're old uh, enough that they're into cool shit, but they're not old enough to like give you a hassle. Yeah, 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 like like your perfect kid at their most perfect at their best peak kids performances, versus everyone else in your race. And if you mixed both races, <laughs> or you know all of them, you know what I mean, every all your people or your kid. Look, if you're mixed, then tell us if you had to choose which race to get rid of. Then, uh, <laughs> oh my God, this is gonna bring out the worst. <laughs> This is gonna bring out the worst in in my audience, the worst in the responses to those people. I can't wait. By the way, guys, uh, before we get out of here, please go check out "Jew" by Ari Shafir on YouTube. It, I think it's one of the best specials in a long time. It's definitely his best special. It's his best work. It's the pinnacle of his comedic powers. It's, it's so re- fucking good. It's so good. It's so complete. Um. You know, it's it's educational, which I guess you don't 
<laughs> I guess maybe you don't want your comedy described that way, but it really is. I learned a lot about Jews that I didn't know. Um, and I was laughing the whole time. And um, but it's and it's still Ari Shafir. It's just as irreverent and dark as you would expect. But it but it's um it's very honest and very 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 well done. Uh, it's free too. It's on YouTube. So go check it out. And uh, again, he ain't pay me to do this. He didn't ask me to do this. I just really, <clears throat> I was really impressed by the work. To be honest with you. So go check that out. Also, come see us in North Carolina at the Raleigh Improv. December, what is it, 1st and 2nd? 1st and 2nd uh, and the 3rd. 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. I'll also be at uh, a casino in Davenport, Iowa on the 10th. Uh, those tickets can be found in, in, at briansimpsoncomedy.com or go to my socials and click on the link in the bio. Do it through my link tree. All those things. And those are the last two shows of the year. So come fuck with me out there. And also, don't forget to tell people about the podcast. If you really want to support the podcast, just share it, like it, subscribe it, tell all the people. A lot of people, you know what's weird is most of the people that listen aren't subscribed, which I thought was, was you know, I mean, honestly, I don't know why. It's always you, the case. Well, I don't know what subscribing does. That's, a, that's the problem. Subscribing don't do what you think it's going to do, so most people don't bother. But then that's how YouTube judges. They judge you by your subscribers, even though subscribing don't mean shit. So do what you fucking want, but subscribe if you <laughs> if you have a half a second and 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 the and you have the right amount of you know electrical signals flowing through your nerves and all that. You just want to do that, just do that, or tell somebody. Or what whatever. you have to do is you have to click on subscribe, and then under the bell, you have to click all. That's how you get notified. Um. Okay. All right. Automatically, well, if you just do it automatically, it just does personalized, but, and that's, here, that's still using the algorithm. Here's what I would like: is instead of them doing any of that, I would just like you to recommend the videos from people that I subscribe to more than random shit. Agreed. Like most people, at least I, I'm, I'm just assuming that most people watch YouTube the way I do. And the thing is, when I'm bored, I pull up YouTube, and those first twelve videos that's on the homepage, like eight of them are like recommended for you, and then it's like other shit. It's like those are what I go I I go off that whatever's up there I click on some of it and if there's nothing up there I refresh and then it gives me but what they've recently started doing is even if you refresh they they show you the same videos I know but, I've seen that I've noticed that like yeah I don't know why they, why that yeah somebody at, somebody at Google just like to change shit for no reason they just like to well let's just do some different shit it's like why anyway um I I I, I digress. Um, if you like my shit, like it. If you subscribe, that's great too. If you want to tell people about it, that helps me out a bunch. Um, and I mean, pretty soon we'll do some like a membership thing and do exclusive. Because I think that's what we're gonna start doing, Rob. I think I'm gonna start. I'm gonna do the membership thing and then do yep. those episodes where I answer all the questions, all the emails. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. So we'll figure that out. Um, <clears throat> all right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. See y'all next week.